invite you again to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Hosea. We are not going to go into a lot of the historical background. That is, much of it is covered in the study book, and we trust you've already looked at that. But what an amazing account and life Hosea had. I mean, first of all, what a time to be serving the Lord. It was a time of murder and idolatry and immorality. All of those were rampant in the land. And on top of that, nobody seemed interested in hearing the Word of the Lord. So you say, what we have today isn't anything new, all right? We sometimes think, oh, we're in a new age and new stage and new sin and more corruption. Um, No, there have been many, many situations in life very similar to what we're in. But... In Hosea's day, murder, idolatry, and immorality. That sounds like you're talking about the news today, right? And and yet, God raised him up to bring a definite message to the people. It it was not a, a popular message, but a definite message. And he was raised up as God, God's leader... And really, he, he sacrificed his own will, his own desires to be the man that God wanted him to be. John Maxwell, in pointing out the sacrifices of Hosea's leadership, says he was asked to marry a prostitute. I mean, you think about that. Think, I mean... Think about this aspect. God came to him and said, I want you to go marry a prostitute. Think about him going to his parents and saying, Mom and Dad, I'm engaged. Oh, really? Who are you marrying? I mean, this is real life stuff. I'm marrying a prostitute because this is what God told me to do. He was asked to lead in a time of great rebellion. He was given a very unpopular message. He was told to have children despite an absentee wife. I mean, this was as dysfunctional a family as you could possibly get. He was committed to remain poised under harsh demands. I mean, you read through this book and, and his faith in God is incredible. He was instructed to live faithfully and consistently in a very volatile situation, in a situation where he showed love and, and didn't get love back, in fact, got the opposite of love, the, the polar opposite of rejection and, and abuse. And, and yet, 
that was Hosea's life. That was the calling of, as we've just sung, our sovereign God. And yet, we need to realize the focus of Hosea is not Hosea. The focus of Hosea is God. And if all we do is see Hosea and and all the things that involve his life, we're going to miss the point of why God raised him up. The focus of this book is God. And and it's important for us to, to realize some of these truths about God. And this morning, Lord willing, from these first three chapters, we want to point out some things of what this teaches us about God. You notice chapter 1 and verse 1, the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Berai, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, all kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, the king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, let's just stop right there. God desires to be in union with us. And He desires, He created mankind for a purpose to fellowship with God. At the very beginning, at the Garden of Eden, Adam was made to fellowship with God. And God continually pursues that. We'll talk about that more later. But He desires to be in union with us. And so He comes to Hosea and notice what He says. Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So He went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibalom, And she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, and he goes on and gives the names of the the children that Hosea had with Gomer. So we see God is, is desiring to be in union with us, and he wants to illustrate this in a profound way. So... First off, everything starts with God. It is God who initiates. It is the work of God. But we need to understand in this illustration, this living illustration that is given, Hosea went and married Gomer, a prostitute, and it also tells us not only does God desire to be in union with us, It tells us we are totally undeserving adulterers. I mean, you look at Gomer and you're looking in a mirror. And you may say, no, no, no. I've never stooped that low. No, from God's perspective, and in the reality, God's perspective is reality, Gomer is showing us a picture of ourselves and it is showing us that we are totally undeserving adulterers. Why? 
Notice if you'd look in chapter 2 and verse 5. For their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them has behaved shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water and my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. Notice their mother then, not only was she a prostitute at the very beginning, then after she bore these children, she left Hosea and went after other lovers. We mentioned we are totally undeserving adulterers and we reject God in favor of other lovers. We, I am the adulterer. I am the unfaithful one that goes after other lovers. I am the one that bears and should wear continually. I am an adulterer. I should wear the scarlet letter. I am the adulterer. And as we get the picture of this, we daily go after other lovers. We love ourselves. We love our money. We love our possessions. We love our family. We love many, many other things more than we love God. And we are adulterers. And until, <clears throat> until we as Christians come to realize this, we don't really fully understand the love of God. First of all, I am unworthy of His love in the beginning. And even after I've come to Christ, my heart goes after other lovers. We don't even like those terms. But it does. We bear the scarlet letter. We bear the shame of this. And throughout the Bible, He says... First command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first and great command. What did he say to the church at Ephesus? You've lost your first love. Meaning what? You are an adulterer and adulteress. In James chapter 4 and verse 4, he used that language. I mean, strong language. You adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity against God? So, as Gomer, we were totally undeserving. We were in our sin, and yet God loved us while we were yet sinners. He brought us to Himself, to a relationship with Him, and yet we leave and go after our other loves. And we may say, well, I don't, I don't disown God. I don't abandon God. But these other loves are what occupy our mind, what occupy our efforts, what occupy our energies. And, and God sees us 
as an adulterer. And he's picturing this to the children of Israel. And in understanding the reality that, that we reject God in favor of other lovers. I mean, I don't know how many of you have read the book, or maybe it's a movie, The Scarlet Letter. But in this, a woman bears a child by a man that only she knows. And she would not reveal who it was. They made her, as part of her punishment, always wear a scarlet letter. In the shame and reproach of what she had done. I am not saying we should all go around with these on, but we need to come to grips with the fact that I am an adulterer. You know, I have, I have dealt with many, many people who have committed adultery and many, many people who have had their partner commit adultery and I've dealt with a, a good number of people that have had adultery committed against them, and they in turn have committed adultery as well. In, in all of those situations, it is, it is a heart-rendering situation. It is a... It, it, can be a life-wrecking situation apart from the grace of God. But by the grace of God, it can be a great rebuilding. But at the same time, it's often that we look at adulterers, I should say we have in the past, in a way like it's an even greater sin than something else. Admittedly, it affects many people. And in understanding the magnitude of the sin of that, when we understand I am an adulterer or adulteress, it takes a whole new meaning. I mean... This week, as I was studying this, to get on my face before God and say, God, I am an adulterer. I have loved other things more than you. I am Gomer. And the brokenness of that, it it changes how you look at other things. It changes how you view God. It changes everything. But we must come to the point where we realize that I am totally undeserving and I have rejected God in favor of other, other lovers. You notice it also goes on and it says in chapter 2 and verse 5, she said that, these lovers give me the bread and water, wool and oil. Notice if you'd look in verse 8. For she did not know that I gave her grain 
new, new wine and oil and multiplied her silver and her gold, which they prepared for Baal. It wasn't, it wasn't these other lovers that were providing for her. It was Hosea. And, and as, as an adulteress or an adulterer, we fail to see where our blessings come from. We, we start, start loving our stocks more than we love God, and we're checking them more than we're checking God. We start loving our possessions and think, by the work of my own hands, I got this, and, and I've worked hard, and I put in overtime, and I did this, and, and I ought to be able to enjoy this, and I love this thing, and I'm going to polish it, and I'm going to take care of it, and I'm going to keep any scratch from it, because I love it. And, and we even Christianize things. These idols that have come in our lives. I, I enjoy sports, but God's dealing in my life in that whole realm too. But, but we'll say, God, help me win this game. Think of it. It's not wrong praying, but if it's an idol in my life, if I'm loving it more than I'm loving God, do you understand what we're saying as an adulterer? God, would you bless my relationship with this lover? That doesn't sound good, does it? We, we fall in love with America. You know I'm patriotic. You know I love America. But I don't love America more than I love God. And sometimes we get where we think, if something happens to America, what are we going to do? You know what? God's still the same, no matter what happens in this nation. And sometimes our joy and delight rises and falls on the various things we think are really important. And in understanding, we fail to see where our blessings come from. We enjoy the gifts, but we don't honor the giver. Every blessing we have comes from God. And yet, as the focus is on God, we see that even though in adultery, even though in unfaithfulness over and over again, having won her heart, and children, and leaving, and not just one lover, but many, many lovers, even in the midst of that, God continually seeks to win our heart. Notice what it says in Hosea 2 and verse 6. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up your way with thorns and wall her in so that she cannot find her paths. She will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then it was better for me than now. Notice, I will hedge her way with thorns. God continually pursues us. And, and he seeks to win our heart. 
And he, he says, I'm going, to, I'm going to cause things to be difficult for you. A hedge of thorns. But he also goes on, and he doesn't just give a hedge of thorns and difficulty in this and making it bad so that she would realize, you know, it was better for me when I was walking with God. But he goes on, and notice if you'd look in verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth and in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. Notice it says in verse 14, Therefore, in reference to her adultery, he said, Behold, it was a call to the grace of God. And here's the grace of God. I will allure her. Meaning, I will woo her heart. I will win her heart. I will overcome evil with good. We can give thanks to God that God does not deal with us according to our iniquities. Because if He dealt with us according to our adulteries, there is no hope for any of us. And in the midst of chasing after her lovers and finding difficulty, God tells Hosea to go and allure her. And lead her into the wilderness and minister words of comfort and restore her and bless her and love her and care for her and make her to be able to realize that this is, this is undeserved and this is the goodness of God. He gives promises of, of hope and safety. He renews the vows of marriage. Notice chapter 2, verse 19. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. Martin Luther said, verses 19 and 20, are a wedding ring with six stones in it. And we're not going to take the time to deal with it, but in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy, in faithfulness and in God answering them, the six things that... This, this, is, this is Gomer in adultery. And he doesn't say, you come back and I'm going to punish you and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and you're going to have it rough and I'll never trust you. He brings her back and wins her heart and pours out blessings and, and goodness. That's the love of God that he says, you no longer will call me master, you will call me husband. 
You're no longer, God no longer sees us as the adulterer. We're brought back to the relationship that He intended for us. We're brought back to oneness with Him. We're brought back to fellowship as God designed. And God told Hosea, go and get her back, whatever the cost. And He did. And we read earlier in chapter 3, a picture of Christ paying the penalty for our sin. That it says in chapter 3, God said, again, go love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels and one and one half homers of barley. You understand what he did here? She and she had sunk really to the price of a of a slave girl. But his wife, who was betrothed to him, in unfaithfulness, he went and paid the price to her significant other to bring her back to Him in the same manner that Jesus Christ came and paid the price for my sin and bought us back to restore us to a relationship with Him. Amazing love, how can it be that Thou, my God, shouldst die for me? It's so easy for us to sing that. Amazing love, how can it be? Are we going to sing all verses or quit now? No, this, this ought to... That I, I am the adulteress. I am the unfaithful one. I chase after lovers, and just like Gomer, I come back, and then I chase after my lovers again. And God paid the price, and He continues to pursue me, and He continues to love me, and He continues to woo me, to bring me back, and He continues that work. And He desires to bring us to this relationship as a loving husband. We read earlier, call me husband. It is a name of love and honor and trust and an indissolvable union. God doesn't want you to return to Him in a in just a master-servant relationship. He wants it as a, as a husband. God wants our heart. See, we can go through the motions. We can go through the motions, do all the right things, but our love isn't really for Him. That isn't what God wants. Just 
Get in line, march right. Yep, you're a good Christian. Yep, yep, yep. He wants a relationship with us. That He's willing to pay the price for us to be brought back to relationship with Him. And when we begin to see that I am the adulterer and God is pursuing me and He wants me to love Him with all my heart, it changes the law to love. It changes servitude to honoring God. It changes self-denial. I just need to deny myself to worship. I worship God. It changes fear to confidence in God. God desires our love, not our laws. He, he wants our love. You don't, you don't want a relationship as a husband or wife, where <clears throat> where your wife or husband just does the right things, but there's no there's no sharing, there's no oneness. There's well, I guess to be a good husband, I'm supposed to do this, so I'm doing that and doing that and doing that. No, you want a relationship. You want you want oneness. And that's what God wants. And we can get so caught up in doing the right thing that we don't love God. And it's the number one thing to do. God desires that. And the point of Hosea is that God exalts His mercy by not giving up on His wife of harlotry and to illustrate God's love for sinful people, and that's us. We are the sinful people. And it, it's not the world out there that is the adulterers. We are even more so because we've known, we've been exposed to the heart of God, and we still go after other lovers. And God is leading us, and He today is pursuing us, and He today is saying to us, will you allow me to be a genuine husband to you? Will you allow me to remove the shame and reproach? Will you allow me to bring you to a love relationship it is, it is of utmost importance that we identify, God, I have gone after other lovers. I have loved other things, other concepts, other people more than I have loved you. And... And the brokenness, we, we haven't even gone there. And in your studies tonight, you can go over it. You can only imagine the brokenness that Hosea bore. I mean, some of you have experienced these things. And, and yet, as Hosea, even that is, is not fully the picture of the brokenness and the, 
the grief to the heart of God when what more could I do? And yet you go after other loves. And you not only go after them, you ask me to bless that relationship. And God says, no, there's no way. And to understand the greatness of God's love, we understand that God's love is amazing. I mean, we ought to come away from this saying, God, how can you love me? God, your love is incredible. Your love is amazing. We, we sang earlier this morning about His amazing love, but we, we started out singing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And we sang, Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, chasing after other lovers. He, to rescue me from danger, interposed His precious blood. Oh, to grace how great a debtor, I'm the adulterer. What a debt of love I owe that Christ has forgiven that. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let Thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to Thee. See that? Let Thy goodness as a fetter bind my wandering heart. Our hearts are prone to wander. Prone to go after other lovers. That's our hearts. And, and if you don't battle that, that probably means you're dead. That there's no spiritual life there. Our hearts are prone to go after other lovers. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. God, here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would help us to see the vileness of our love for other lovers. Lord, we don't even like to say those terms. And rightfully so. We don't even like to say, I am an adulterer. But Lord, it's evident by my life and our lives that we love many other things besides You. And God, I thank You that you continue to pursue us. I thank You for hedging our paths in and, and making life difficult at times to try to get us to go back and say, it's better with God than chasing after these loves I have. So Lord, I pray that we would have a renewed understanding, a renewed vision of the greatness of Your love by having a renewed and perhaps new understanding of the adulterous heart 
that we have. And Lord, that we would be filled with praise and joy to You for Your goodness that not only pursues but forgives. If we confess our sin, You are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I pray for individuals that have never been brought to a relationship with You. They've never come to say, God, I give You control of my life. I seek Your forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today would be the day that they do that. So, Lord, I pray that there would be people brought to the kingdom. And then, Lord, I pray for every one of us as believers that the truth of this book of Hosea would grip our hearts and we would realize that we are Gomer and that You have pursued us and that we would return to You, to Your faithfulness, to Your comfort, to Your provisions, to Your joy, and that we would love You with all our heart and all our strength, and all our might. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.